Jesus talks about worry in Matthew chapter 6. Grab your Bibles. Here we go. We're going to talk about worry and about getting after worry in our lives. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches a lesson on worry, and he wants us to learn four things, four lessons for us to learn today. We begin in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry. Here's the first thing we learn. Worry's not our friend. So how, how do you get that from there? Jesus, when Jesus tells us not to do something, it's because it's not good for us. He's not trying to make our life more difficult. It's not like he looks at our lives and finds the things that we tend to do and then says don't do them just so he can be difficult. No, Jesus looks at our lives and sees things in there and they're not good for us. Worry is not our friend. It's a destructive habit. It's not a beneficial habit. And most of us do it. Most of us do it some of the time and some of us, we do it a lot. In fact, it's a very rare person, and I mean rare, that says they never, ever worry. Little honesty quiz. How many of you worry at least a little? Yeah, me too. And, and, and God says, this isn't good for us. This is not a helpful thing. It hurts us. It pulls us down. It doesn't lift us up. So in your notes, number one there, worry doesn't make us happy or thankful. It doesn't make us happy or thankful. It's destructive. Dr. Charles Mayo of the Mayo Brothers Clinic in Minnesota, he says half the hospital beds, half the hospital beds are filled with people who worried themselves there. Worry doesn't help us. It's destructive. It doesn't make us happy. It doesn't make us thankful. Pastor Steve's been preaching about thankfulness, and actually, Thanksgiving is part of the way that we work against worry. But, but it doesn't help us. It destroys us physically. The stomach problems ranging from upset stomachs to ulcers and headaches and migraines and hypertension, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, heart problems, insomnia, all those things can be traced back to worry. Not every one of them, every time, but Charles Mayo says half the time. Worry got us there. It's destructive emotionally. It robs us of joy. It makes us irritable. Robs us of our peace and leaves us depressed and in despair. Robs us of energy. Leaves us sapped and dragging. Robs us of our optimism. Leaves us pessimistic and negative. It's not good for us. It's destructive spiritually. That's why Jesus said that the sower sows the word, and some falls among thorny ground. Do you remember that? And the worries of this life choke it, making it unfruitful. It doesn't help us. It doesn't make us happy. And number two, I want us to see right off the bat that God doesn't want us to carry the burden of worry. God doesn't want us to carry this burden. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are burdened, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Worry is a burden that God doesn't want us to carry around. It's weighing us down. It's from the word for to strangle. It strangles our hopes for the future and our happiness today. It strangles our vision for tomorrow and our efforts today. 
Worry keeps us from witnessing. We're afraid what's going to happen. We're worried about what they're going to say and whether we'll have the answer. Worry keeps us from giving. There are people who didn't give to the praise offering because they were worried that they wouldn't have enough, that they'd have some bill. Worry keeps us from teaching Sunday school. We're afraid we'll fail. Worry keeps us from confronting somebody when we know we have a difficult conversation. It keeps us from doing it. And God doesn't want us to carry this burden. So this morning in this room, there are some of you, and you haven't made your way all the way to Jesus Christ yet. You don't have a relationship with God. You're here in this room, but you don't really have a relationship with God. And there's so many reasons, so many reasons for you to do that. But this one right here, God wants to help us not worry. I know a lot of us struggle with it, but this one thing would be enough reason to go to God. We sang about it all this morning. If you think back, we sang about this all morning long. Tara sang about it in her special. By the way, it was worth coming just for that song. If this sermon stinks, and I don't think it will, <laughs> it, it would be worth it today to, to brave the snow just to hear that song. God doesn't want us to be burdened down with worry, and we ought to run to him and have him help us. Jesus said, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or your body, what you will wear. Number two, worries about the future. These are lessons he wants us to learn about worry. The first lesson is worry's not our friend. The second lesson is worries about the future. Did you see that he said about your life what you will? That's future. What you will eat or drink or what your body, what you will wear. You say, well, I'm not worried about those things. No, because we live in a different kind of society. If Jesus were writing this today, he would say to us, don't worry about your 401k. How much will be there when you retire? If Jesus were writing today, he would say, don't worry about how you're going to pay for your kid's college education when they get college-aged. Don't worry about that. If Jesus were writing today, he would say, don't worry about the fact that your second child needs braces. Now you're going to have two of them in braces. Don't worry about that. That's the kind of thing Jesus would say to us today. But I want you just to see that he says it's happening in the future. Worries about the future. It's when we bring the future into today. Now he says it there in verse 25, but if you have your Bible open, and I hope you do, and I hope you keep it open, because we're going to work right down through this passage. When we get to verse 31, he says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Those are all futures. He, re he repeats it. He says it, then he repeats it. And when he gets to the end, so we can't miss it. When he gets to the end, he says, This is so important, I want you to get this. Verse 34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. Basically, you can just say, Do not worry. And you say, What do I write in there? Tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. That everything is in, the, in worry is future to what's happening right this very second. We're bringing tomorrow into the day. And he says, don't worry about to tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus is not suggesting that we don't have trouble. He's not suggesting there aren't things we couldn't worry about. He's saying, don't bring tomorrow's troubles into today. Here we go, in your notes. Here's what he's saying. Don't borrow trouble 
from tomorrow. Don't borrow. Don't borrow trouble from tomorrow. The doctor says you're going to have this test to see if you need heart surgery or if you have cancer, get the test and don't worry till the results come back. Don't worry till the results come back. You hear noise in your car? And I guess probably the transmission. Take it to Charlie down at Dad's. Take it to Charlie and have him look at it and don't worry until he calls you. You say, well, it might be the transmission. Yes, and if it is, you can deal with it once he's said. But if he's not going to look at it for two days, don't bring that future problem into today. Your tooth hurts, but you're afraid you need a root canal again. How many of you have had a root canal? Lots of you. Me too. The two-thirds, the thing to do is go to the Charlie. No, go to the dentist. Don't go to the mechanic. Go to the dentist and see what they have to say, but don't worry between now and when you can get in on Friday. Don't bring tomorrow's troubles into a day. Here's advice from Jesus. Number two, stay in the moment. Stay in the moment. He says in verse 27, who by, who by you of worrying can add a single hour to his life? Can, can you by worrying today bring certainty into tomorrow? Will your worrying today bring certainty into the future? No, it won't. And so he says, don't do that. Wait for the report. Decide after the conversation how it will go. And now Jesus starts telling us why we should live this way. Okay, back in verse 25. Therefore, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Then he asks this question. Isn't life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Jesus is he's going deep here. He's going deep. He goes, isn't your life more than your 401k? Isn't your life more than retirement? Isn't your life more than your business? Isn't life more than that? Is that really what life is, those things that we're worrying about? Is your life really about your transmission? See, Jesus wants us to think. He's saying, the things that we're worrying about, are they really what make our life what it is? And then he goes on, verse 24. Look at the birds of the air. We're like, what? When you read the Bible, do you read it for real? Like, you're worried. And Jesus says, look at the birds. What? My 10th grader's flunking out of school. I got cancer. My husband's losing his job. My daughter just cracked up the family car, and you want me to go bird watching? And 
And Jesus says, are you finished, Tobias? says, are you finished, Steve? says, are you finished? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Jesus says, look up at the birds. They don't have a 401k. Look at the birds. They have no college fund. Look at the birds. They're not putting a helmet on their kid. And God takes care of them. They survive. He says, God's looking out for them. And now he's getting to the heart of it. He says, aren't you more valuable than the birds? Your father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? It's the argument from the lesser to the greater. Birds here, us here. Or is it birds here, us here? Which way is it? Birds here, us here. Lesser to the greater. If God cares about birds, won't he care about us? He's asking us, are we more valuable than the pigeons? Are you? Are you more valuable than a pigeon? To God, are you made in his image and in his likeness? We are the sons, we are the daughters of God. Is a pigeon the son of God? He's not. Are you more valuable than pigeons? Let me hear your answer. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm more valuable than a pigeon. Oh, yes. He doesn't think that gets us all the way there. So he says in verse in verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Argument from greater to lesser. Are we more valuable than dandelions? Turn to your neighbor. We're more valuable than dandelions. We are, and God takes care of dandelions, and he takes care of pigeons. You've got to understand this. God actually takes care of them. You say, not really. Yes, really. You look it up, Job 38, 41. He provides food for the ravens. Those are not high-class birds. This isn't cardinals. This is ravens. They're just squeaking, squawking birds. Nothing great about a raven, but God provides food for them. Psalm 104, 27, 28. When they need food, God provides it for them. Look it up. We are more valuable than dandelions and more valuable than pigeons. And now he's gotten right to the heart of it. Are you there? Bible open? So do not worry. He says, if God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of? And you know what? Jesus did something fun right here. He made up a word. So what do you mean he made up a word? He made up a word. 
he took the word little and the word faith and he put it together. This isn't done any place. He made up a word just to teach this lesson. He said, oh, you little faithers, you. That's what he did. He said, oh, you little faithers, you don't. You're having trouble with faith. This is lesson number three, worries about our faith. Worries about our faith. We need to decide once for all. Here we go, right in your notes. Once for all, does God the Father care? Does he? Cast all your cares upon him because? That was kind of weak. Cast all your cares upon him because? He cares for us. We have to decide, does God the Father care? If he cares about pigeons and dandelions, and he does, will he care about us? And we have to decide once for all. Number two, does God the Father know? So he says, verse 31, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, that's God's word, runs after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Does God the Father know what's going on in our life? Does he know your test is Friday? Does he know there's a noise in your transmission? Does he know your fridge is on the fritz? He knows. In fact, if you listen, and I mean this, if you listen, you'll hear God the Father whisper in your ear, I know. I'm here. I know you'll hear this because I hear him whisper in my ear too. He knows. He knows what's happening in the bird's life. He knows, God the Father knows, when a bird is pulling a worm out of the ground and the worm snaps in half and the bird stumbles backwards, God knows. You say, that's not in the Bible. Matthew 10, 29. Yes, it is. He knows. He knows what's going on in our lives and he wants us to decide are we going to put our faith in him or are we going to act like a pagan? That's his word, not mine. <clears throat> Jesus said the pagans, and he just means that word to mean people who don't really know God as their father. They don't know God as their father, so of course they don't think he cares or loves them or knows them. Of course they don't. He said, you aren't going to act like a person who doesn't even believe in God, are you? And he's right down on it now, and he says, hey, this is about faith. This is about belief and unbelief. Do we really believe that God cares? Is God active in this world? Is he taking care of birds and flowers? Well, he is. Now, he's not saying here we shouldn't do our part. He's not saying that. Birds do their part, too. They gather and make nests. They do. We're supposed to pray and apply for the job and go to the dentist, take our car to Charlie. We're supposed to do those things. We're just not supposed to worry about them because we're supposed to believe that God cares and God knows. Now we're at the end. Fourth lesson. Here it is. Worry's foolish. That is, we don't need to worry. This is the lesson God wants us to get and Celeste and I want you to get today. When you read this passage, when you read it, 
When you read it on your own, how does it sound in your ear? Does it sound like this? Therefore, I tell you, stop worrying. Knock it off. I'm telling you, stop worrying. Does it read like that? Or does it read like this? Therefore, I tell you, don't worry. You, you don't need to worry. I've got this. Which way is it? Which way do you hear it? Bam, God smacking you side of the head. I just woke my grandson up in the back row. It's God smacking you side of the head. Stop worrying. Knock it off. Is it doing that? Or, or is God saying, you don't need to worry. I've got this. Why? Why don't we need to worry? This isn't in your notes. You can crowd it in there if you want to. Here we go. Because who we are, because of who we are, we're children of God the Father. I'm a child of God the Father, and if you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you're a child too. That's why we sang that song this morning. It wasn't by accident. We are the sons, we are the daughters of God. No matter where we go, we're close to our Father's heart. And though we stumble, He will not let us fall. We are the Lord's, and He will never forsake His own. We are the sons. We are the daughters of God. The God who takes care of pigeons and dandelions is our Father. He's not their Father. He's their Creator. Birds do not have a relationship with God like we do. That's why some of us are going to go home today and eat chicken. <laughs> because they're not created in the image of God, but we are. We can have a relationship with God. God is the creator of chicken, and he made it so we could have fried chicken. <laughs> but he's our father. We don't need to worry. Turn to your neighbor and say, we don't need to worry. We don't need to worry. Why? Because God is our Father. Because we have the promises of God. That's, that's the second reason. Because we have the promises of God, because of who we are and because of what we have. So I want to read them to you. I want to read promises of God. You listen. Here we go. I can do all things through worry, which gives me strength. Fear not, for worry is here. Be not dismayed, for worry will take care of you. Trust in worthy with all your heart. Trust in worry with all your heart and lean not on what God says. Commit your way to worry and worry will direct your paths. Does this sound right? Cast all your cares upon worry, for worry will always take care of you. We know that worry makes all things work together for good. That's nonsense. Here's the truth. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Fear not, 
For I am with you. Be not dismayed because I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Cast all your cares upon God because he cares for you. We know that God works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It's all about faith. And he says to us, he's not yelling. He says to us gently, oh, you little faithers, come on. I'm taking care of pigeons and dandelions. Do you think I won't take care of you? So I called this series Worry Wars. We got to go to war against our worry. Say, what are we going to do? Well, let's start reminding ourselves who we are. We're God's child. We're better than a pigeon. We're God's child. We're more important than dandelions. He takes care of them. He notices when they need food and he gives it to them. Read the text. We had to tell ourselves what we have. We have the promises of God. Where he does nothing for us but God's promises, they help us hold on. We've got to grab a hold of those things and tell them to ourselves over and over again who we are and what we have and what we can do. We can pray. We can talk to God. Pigeons don't talk to God. I know if you don't know this or not. That chicken you're going to have for lunch, it's never had a conversation with God. That dandelion, it's not talking to God. Some of you look at me like, well, Pastor Neil, pigeons are pretty important. They're not created in the image of God. Make no... (laughs) You got to understand. When he gets to day six, he says, now I'm going to do something special. And he makes somebody who can have a relationship with him. Pigeons and chickens don't have a relationship with God. He is not their father. He's just their creator. But we are. Deborah is the daughter of God. She's a lot more important than a pigeon. She wanted me to mention her name today because she's in church. (laughs) She said, would you please let the people know I'm back? And I said, I will do that, Deborah." She said, well, thank you very much, Pastor McNeil. I'll appreciate it. It went down something like that. It's a little fuzzy in my mind, Deborah, when I think about how it went down, but I know it was something like you wanted me to talk about you today, so here I am talking about you and now you don't have anything to worry about anymore. We've got we to gotta go to war against our worry and remember who we are. We're God's child. And what we have, the promises of God, and what we can do, we can talk to God, and that's what we should do. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, not the worry, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds. That's what we'll do. You say, yeah, but you haven't really given us enough ammunition to go to war. That's next week. Worry's a big problem. It's going to take us more than one week to talk about it. Let's stand together. Father, I pray that you will help us this week to focus on the fact that we don't need to worry. Father, don't let us worry now about worrying. Don't let us fall into that trap. Help us instead to focus on who we are and what we have and what we can do, and help us bring our worries to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.